the word of God from Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. This reading comes from the Common Law English Bible. You can find this reading on page 948 in the Pew Bible. Make no mistake, God is not mocked. A person will harvest what they plant. Those who plant only for their own benefit will harvest devastation from their selfishness. But those who plant for the benefit of the Spirit will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So then, let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Oh, I get to preach sitting down today. <laughs> you know, the comedian Lewis Black once said, I love coffee because it gives me the illusion of being awake. I think most of us have had mornings like that. Truth is, this morning could have been like that for a lot of us. I have to admit, it was a little hard for me to roll myself out of bed this morning with it being blustery and chilly. It would have been tempting for me to stay under the blankets, and I just want to applaud you and thank you for coming to church this morning, given how hard it must have been for you to do so. I also acknowledge that there are probably some people who chose to stay in bed under the covers with a hot cup of coffee. And so, to the online worshiping community, <laughs> cheers. But this sermon is not about coffee. This sermon is about being awake. And if I were to summarize for you in just two simple words what the message is of the book of Galatians, what the message of Paul to the Galatian church was, it would be two simple words. Wake up. That's what Paul was saying to the Galatians. Because basically, they had fallen asleep. They had come under some kind of self-induced slumber where they had drifted away from what was most important about being a church and instead fallen into polarized, trivial arguments about little things. They consumed all of their energies about those low, small things. And Paul was saying, you all need to wake up to the big truths. Wake up, he says to them. And so I think that the message of Paul to the Galatians is a timely one for all of us, especially on this annual financial commitment Sunday. I mean, it's pretty clear that if you read the first couple chapters of Galatians, Paul is all fired up. He, he apparently had been sitting down at his table to write this letter to the Galatians and had a triple shot of espresso as he was thinking about what to say to the Galatians because he was pulling no punches right out of the gate in the first couple chapters to the Galatians. He's telling them, you all need to wake up. Galatians chapter 3 levies what I think is one of the most powerful, provocative indictments that Paul gives to any group of people in the entire New Testament. No holds barred. Listen for the words in Galatians 3 about how he describes the Galatians. You foolish Galatians! 
Who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? He had apparently had his caffeine that morning. He was pulling no punches. Said, you foolish Galatians, could you imagine if I started my next midweek message to you all with those words? What is it that Paul was trying to say to these Christians in Galatia? He's basically saying to them, you all need to wake up on what the big truth is. And here is the big truth. God bless you. God bless you. The big truth is God's love is not a reward. It is a gift. See, the Galatian church had come to believe that in order to receive God's love, they had to do the right things. They had to do good works. They had to perform the right rituals. And if they did that checklist of things, then God would love them. They could be in a relationship with God. And Paul wanted to wake them up to the fact that God's love is not a reward. It's a gift. A gift that you did not have to do anything to earn or deserve. Now, I hope we know that. I mean, if, if 500 years of the Protestant Reformation has taught us anything, it is that we don't have to do anything to earn or deserve God's love. But I have to say, that is awfully easy, awfully easy to forget. And if there is anything that you hear me say to you today, I hope it is this. God's love for you is unconditional and it is enough when you look at yourself in the morning in the mirror you may see yourself as unworthy or ugly or imperfect fallen short of who you think you could be but I want you to know before I say anything else in this sermon God loves you unconditionally and that is enough and sometimes it takes Paul to uh, wake us up to that fact. And the truth of the matter is, Paul could have stopped the letter right there. After he had levied this reminder to the Galatians, he could have stopped with Galatians chapter 3, which means that my sermon could be over right now. <laughs> Sorry. Because apparently after chapter 3 of Galatia, uh, Galatians, Paul took another sip of his triple shot of espresso and he's just getting started. Because what happens in the remainder of the book of Galatians is an indication that Paul is just revving up. He is fired up with another critical way that the Galatian church needed to wake up. Not only did they need to remember that God's love was undeserved, that they, they didn't need to do anything to earn God's love. But he's very clear to us this morning that even though we don't have to do anything to earn God's love, we better do something with it. Even though there is nothing you can do to deserve God's love, now that you know that God loves you, you have to do something with that love of God to make a difference, to share it with other people. 
And so by the time we get to today's scripture reading in Galatians chapter 6, Paul is firing on all cylinders. Listen again for how he talks to them in Galatians chapter 6. He says, Make no mistake, God is not mocked. A person will harvest what they plant. Those who plant only for their own benefit will harvest devastation from their selfishness. But those who plant for the benefit of the Spirit will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. Let's not get tired of doing good because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. Paul is saying, you don't have to do anything to earn God's love, but you have to do something with it. And that means doing something today that will have an impact on the future. Because even though you and I can't see the future, even though we can't see eternity, Paul is very clear, we can touch eternity, we can shape eternity, based on the seeds that we plant right now. Because, make no mistake, he says, God is not mocked. Whatever we sow now will be reaped in the future. And if we sow seeds of selfishness, then devastation will happen. But if we sow God's love in a good way, then the harvest will be bountiful. And Paul is basically saying this point to the church this critical point that we need to hear without a doubt today. The seeds of sacrifice that you plant today will result in the stories of transformation tomorrow. The seeds of sacrifice that you plant today will result in the stories of transformation tomorrow. You may not need to do anything to receive God's love, but you better do something with it, even if it impacts a future that you won't be able to see years down the road. And friends, that, that is exactly why I am so eager and so excited about this visioning process that we are on that will take the next 12 months or so because it will shape for us with clarity the kind of future that God has for this church. Hopefully you've heard already the fact that we've started this visioning process. About three weeks ago, I introduced to you the fact that uh, there are 14 lay people, amazing, passionate, gifted lay persons whose sole job it is, is for us to listen together on how we will plant seeds of sacrifice as a church today so that we can claim the future and see stories of transformation tomorrow. They will lead us in listening, in assessing our ministries and programs, and clarifying the long-term strategic vision of this church that will set the course of this congregation for years to come. Now, I introduced them to you three weeks ago. I gave you their names. Today, I want to show you their faces. I want you to hear their voices. I'd like for you to see them all together so that you can see what kind of wonderful, gifted, diverse group this is. And in this three-minute video, I'd, I'd like for you to listen for how God is going to work in us during this visioning process to shape the kind of future that we are to claim together. I think it's really easy to get very frustrated <clears throat> right now. There are a lot of things going on in the world, and sometimes you're are trying to figure out 
how can we solve all these problems? Um, you know, for me, looking at an organization that does it well consistently uh, in big ways and very small, tangible ways is important. Uh, and so for me, it's easy to invest time and money into Hyde Park because I know that we do it well. So. The church is such a central part of our life and you know, having been part of it for so many years, what it's given to our family and to my own faith journey, when I think about giving back, it's you have to. I want the future of Hyde Park to continue and I want for us to be able to touch other lives the way the church has touched mine. So to me, it's a must that I get involved and I stay active and I give back. Kather, I, I feel this, the same way. I, I've only been with the Hyde Park United Methodist for only a few years, uh, but I've received so much. I feel like, you know, when they ask something of me, if they say jump, I say how high. You know, like I, I'm ready to go all in. Well, it's an important time for Tampa, too. I mean, the context in which our church exists, uh, we're really at an inflection point. We've been a great city for a long time, and a lot of people know about it now, and our economy shows that. And this has always been a place where the spirit has moved. You know, God is very active uh, in Hyde Park. One thing, I think this church has a long history of responding to what's going on both in our community and the world. And I don't know what 25 years uh, from now is going to look like, but I do believe that our church will be called to respond and react and be different than we are today. There's a lot of distrust in the church and religion in general, and um, in 25 years it would be nice if people, even if they don't attend this church, see us as authentic and trustworthy and um, not hypocritical. And uh, they said they were going to do this, so they did it, and look what they're doing out in the community. I think another thing you have to remember and keep up with and this is from my background, is children, children and youth. If you don't keep them interested or you don't keep them up with the times with them, you're going to lose them and you're going to lose some of your families. And so far we've done a pretty good job with many, many changes in the Sunday school. And the kids like to come to Sunday school. They enjoy it. And I think the children and the youth are a big future part of this church. You may not be able to see the future, but you can touch it. You may not be able to see eternity, but you can shape it. And that is what Paul wanted the Galatian church to wake up to, that they had a limited opportunity, a small window, and that the time was at hand for them to sow seeds of God's love that would shape the future and make an impact for the kingdom for years to come if only they would seize on that opportunity and plant those small seeds of sacrifice, those small, small seeds of sacrifice that could produce stories of transformation tomorrow. I learned a lot about sowing seeds, planting seeds, uh, in my eight years in Cherokee, Iowa. Prior to returning here in 2015, I'd spent eight years uh, serving a congregation that was more than half filled with farmers. And it was during that time that I came to an irrepressible appreciation for a, a group of people that I believe are among the greatest risk takers in the economy of this country. Think about the leap of faith that our farmers take every single spring. From April to May, they go out there into the field. 
doing all of their work, tilling the soil, fertilizing the ground, and planting seeds. The first time I ever saw a soybean seed, I couldn't believe how small it was. Just the tiniest little thing. And these gigantic million-dollar machines are designed to till the soil and plant these seeds at precisely the right depth into the ground. Just an individual seed, seed by seed, row by row, field by field, acreage after acreage. And by the time the month of May is over and the farmers have planted all their seeds, all they can do is wait for about four months, knowing that they've done everything they could do, that the window of opportunity has now passed, and they've given those seeds the best shot that they could, but from here on out, it was not up to them as to what happened to those seeds. They didn't know if a flood would hit in June, or a tornado would hit in July, or a drought would hit in August, or if hail would come down in September. All they knew is that they've done all they could, sowing a seed faithfully and diligently in the window of opportunity that had come to them. Which is why this time of year in October, it's kind of a big deal in the Midwest. It's harvest time. Farmers are out there in their combines bringing in the crops, bringing in the harvest, knowing full well that everything that they are bringing in, all of the bounty of their harvest, is not a reward. It's a gift. They did what they needed to do in the time that they were given, but they could not control how high the corn would grow or how bountiful the soybeans would be or how big the crop would come. That was all a gift. And I have to say, that that is exactly what Paul is calling this church to do right now. We have a limited window of opportunity to do something with that love of God that has come to us as a gift so that we can make those small bits of sacrifice now that can shape our eternity tomorrow so that even though we can't see eternity, we can, we can shape it. And frankly, that's that's exactly what this commitment card is all about. Now, on the surface, it looks like a line for you to put a dollar figure, a way for you to support a budget, a way for you to pay bills. But think of it instead as a seed, as a, as a way for you to make that small bit of sacrifice now that God can use to blossom and to bloom into a harvest of stories of transformation for years to come. Think also about all of the people who've been part of this church for 118 years. People who 100 years ago committed their time and their talent and their treasure not knowing, not having any idea that you and I would be sitting in this place today reaping the harvest of their planting years ago. And now, think about the possibility that you and I can do the same for a future generation that we may never meet. That's what your financial commitment means in the year 2018 and beyond. And it's embodied by a question. How do you think this church will make God's love real in the future? In the future, 
fill in the blank in your mind. In the future, this church will make God's love real by blank. Imagine what would happen if we all went all in to make that vision a reality. We asked that question of the vision team. And in this final video, I, I invite you to, to hear their words, but reflect for yourself how you would answer the question. In the future, this church will make God's love real by blank. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by not being judgmental to anyone who seeks, who seeks God. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by following the will of God. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by inviting people to experience His Word. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by continuing to be led, to listen, and to be led by the Holy Spirit and what our God has in mind for us. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by leading by example. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by continuing to be open-minded. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by changing the world, not letting it change us. By offering our greatest export, <clears throat> which I think is hope, uh, to organizations, to individuals, to anyone uh, seeking a closer relationship with Christ. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by continuing to strive toward whatever it is that God is calling us to next. In the future, this church will make God's love real by adapting our traditions to the community around us. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by speaking out in love and in a nonviolent way against injustice wherever we in the future, this church will make, continue to make God's love real by being a place where people will feel welcomed. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by continuing to serve the many needs in this community. In the future, this church will continue to make God's love real by getting out into the community, leaving this campus and our church grounds, and getting out and meeting our neighbor and being a part of the community. Uh, this church will continue to make God's love real in the future by building bridges and breaking down walls. So this is a video for Commitment Sunday. What could this church do if everybody was all in? What couldn't this church do? What couldn't this church do if everyone went all in? It's unlimited. Paul says we have a limited window of opportunity to sow seeds of God's love. Let us not grow tired of doing good because the harvest will be plentiful if we do not give up. And that's what we hope this card represents for you. In a moment, we're going to call for the offering, and I hope that you'll fill out your card, and, and you can use the self-adhesive strip to make sure that your pledge is confidential. Or there are baskets here in the altar rail where you can lay them in the basket during the offertory or the closing hymn as you say a prayer here at the altar rail. And one more thing to remind you of this calling that all of us have each and every day. As you leave this morning, as you walk through the courtyard, we invite you to stop by the table and pick up one of these for you to take home. It's a coffee cup, but it's a visible reminder 
of the call that God has given each and every one of us, each and every day, in ways that are both great and small, to make God's love real and to touch the future. On the front side is our stewardship logo for this year, MGLR, Making God's Love Real. What I love is the back side of the mug. It's a prayer that I first learned in my youth, in my church growing up, and I, I've encouraged us to use this as our prayer on the coffee mug for you to see every single morning so that as you are sitting at your breakfast table, bleary-eyed and trying to wake up, reading the newspaper and sipping your hot cup of coffee, you can see this prayer and then read it and offer it for yourself as a reminder of what God has called you to do. It says, God, with gratitude for the past, our hands on the present, and our eyes on the future, help us make your love real. Amen. And my hope is that when you say this prayer every morning, you will look for ways throughout the rest of your day to seize on that limited window of opportunity to make a small seed of sacrifice that will produce stories of transformation tomorrow. I'm going to ask that we conclude the sermon by having us read these words together. If we could have the image of the backside of the mug up one more time reflecting together on how we together are called to make God's love real through our acts of sacrifice and touch the future. Let us pray in unison. God, with gratitude for the past, our hands on the present, and our eyes on the future, help us make your love real. Amen.